to the book of Galatians chapter 5, if you would. Galatians chapter 5. I hope you're enjoying our series on temptation and overcoming temptation in your life. Uh, I hope that you're not writing me off because you're so spiritual you don't need this. Uh, but I hope you're learning something. And, and I can't wait to share with you the message today. We're, we're going to pick up in Galatians chapter 5, but last week we talked about the process of temptation. Uh, the process of temptation, how it starts with a thought, then it, our imagination kicks in, and then we start to justify why we deserve it, why we should, all the reasons why. Then number four, we make a choice. Normally it's a small choice. Most of us don't dive headlong into sin. We, we, we tiptoe into sin. We slip into sin. Are you tracking? Have you heard these terms before? I, I slipped into sin, Pastor. Right. Because we make a small choice that leads us to the sin. This is the process. And, and the good news, though, is if you understand the process, if at any one of these points you can realize, wait a minute, this is temptation talking to me. This is the enemy trying to pull me away. This is my own desires trying to pull me away. If I can grab any one of those places, then I can get out of the process. I can get out. I can, I can step out of the cycle. And so I, I encourage you uh, to recognize cycles, recognize a thought. You know, just because a thought comes into your mind doesn't mean you have to think it. Just because it comes in, you can't stop thoughts from coming in. You, you can't stop them from coming in, but we, what we've got to do is just wave them on through. <laughs> no, we're not stopping right here. No, no, you keep going. You know, you're a good thought. You're welcome to come park right here. You keep on going. We just got to take the thoughts and just let them keep going. Oh, that was a bad thought. Don't let it click into the next parts of the process. Don't let it stick in your imagination. Don't let it stay there. You, 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 know, you know, men, you're, you're trying to be a good husband to your wife, and, and you don't want to have lustful thoughts about another woman, and yet everywhere you go, there's opportunities for bad thoughts. When they come in, just keep them on moving. Just shove them on down. Like that, that thought's not staying in my mind. Don't let your imagination dwell on it, because then we start down the process. So... And this is, this is not just about sexual sins. It's not about all kinds of sins. It's all, all kinds of temptations. Temptations is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of your obedience to God. There can be all types of temptations in this world, some that seem so good. Right? This, this is not on my notes today. But just for instance, in, in, in my world, in, in, the, uh, in, in my job as a pastor, it is very easy for good men and women, men and women of God that love Jesus with all of their heart and are doing everything they can to serve God, the temptation is to get our focus off of what God's called us to do and get our focus on fame, building a name for ourselves, ego, right? This can happen very, very quickly. And you say, well, isn't a bigger church better? Maybe, but if it's causing you to pull away from your obedience to what God is calling you to do, then no, it's not better. It can look good on the outside, but on the inside, it's pulling you away from God. I say that to you today because the enemy, he's sneaky. Paul says to beware of the schemes of the devil. He's scheming to get us, and he'll put, he will lure us in on things that look good, but there's a hook in them. You know, when you go fishing, and I'm not a great fisherman, but when you throw a, a, a lure into the water, 
They call it a lure because you're trying to lure the fish in. You're trying to draw them in with something that looks good and they don't know it's a problem until they get the hook. That's what the enemy does. He lures us in and he knows you pretty well. What he uses to lure you in may not be what he uses against someone else. But his end result is the same, which is to get you caught up into sin. So what do we do? Three things. We got to decide how we're going to fight before we even start the battle. Number one, submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to God. Number two, resist the devil. Don't try to resist the devil without first submitting yourself to God. The devil, we talked about this last week, the devil is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. What is wrong with me today? Devour. He's, he, is, he is a lion. He's trying to devour you. Don't go fight the devil without the right weapons. And number three is to eliminate temptation before you even have to fight it. Eliminate temptation before you ever have to fight it. If you don't, look, don't watch the movie if you know it's going to be a problem. Don't listen to the music if you know if it's going to cause you a problem. Don't talk to that person if you know it's going to cause you a problem. Eliminate it before you ever, just avoid it. Well, Pastor Renner, I'm going to be on the front lines and I'm going to reach some people for Jesus. But you know what Paul says, and I'm not reading these verses tonight, one of the things Paul says is, when you're trying to help people out, be careful that you don't fall into the same sin. Be, be, be careful, be wary, or you'll end up in the same boat they are. I'm, I'm going to help them out. I'm going, to go, I'm going to go get them out of their stuff. And the next thing you know, you're floundering around in there with them. Be careful. Be careful. Eliminate temptation before you fight. Now, I want to talk to you today um, about this secret weapon that you have. It, it's... And, and I'll just be honest with you, I'm not going to bury the lead today. I'm going to tell you right up front, this is my favorite subject to talk about in the whole world. And there are very, very few messages that you will hear from me that this, this theme will not be weaved in uh, or woven in. I, I, I love to talk about this subject because it is the core of, of how I live in my life. And, and it's simply this, that I believe the secret weapon that you and I have have in our life is the gift of the person of the Holy Spirit. This, this person that, that Jesus himself, God incarnate, God made into flesh, walking around, raising people from the dead, healing the blind eyes, raising the lame, preaching his gospel, seeing miracles everywhere. Jesus himself said, hey, look, guys, it is to your advantage that I go away. What? No, Jesus, it's to my advantage that you go everywhere I go every day. And yet Jesus himself said, you don't understand this now, but you will. It is to your advantage. It is better for you that I go away because when I go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the guide, the comforter, this empowerment is coming into your life. He is, he is stepping down into the world. You see, what we understand is Jesus was filled with the same Holy Spirit power that he left for you and I. And he's this person. And, and the, one of the great things that, 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 that distinguishes the, 
um, Jesus, the person of Jesus and the person of the Holy Spirit, is that Jesus, because he became fully man, right? Now, um, he, he left heaven. He's fully God. He comes to this earth. He is still fully God, but he, he confines himself to the body of a human man. Amen. Are you tracking with me? Now, just like you and I, in our human bodies, we can't be everywhere all the time. Jesus couldn't be everywhere all the time because while he was on this earth, God was confined to his human form, to, to a human body, which was necessary so that he could become the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. I should really get on my notes today, but I feel like this is for somebody, so I'm just going to keep going. But here's the difference. The Holy Spirit didn't come in a bodily form. He's still the full personification of God with all the power and all the gifts and all the glory and all the knowledge and all the understanding. He was there when, when he says, let us make them in our own image. It was the Holy Spirit that was in the room. The us was the God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. He was there. But here's the beautiful, beautiful thing. This is why uh, Jesus said it's to your advantage because now you don't have to hang on to me, Jesus, everyone trying to get to me, one man, but no, no, no. The Holy Spirit wants to enter every person's heart and every person's life and fill every person, not just in the days of Jesus, but all the way until Jesus returns. Now, does that sound like an advantage to you? So this is my favorite subject. I'm going to try to stick to my notes. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not likely to, but I'm going to try to stick to my notes as much as I can um, because I just love this subject. I love talking about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the number one difference maker in my life. It's not my brain, it's not my gifting, it's not my leadership, it's not my family, it's not, all, it's not all of you, it's not even my wife, as amazing as she is, the number one difference maker in my life every single day is the power of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit that's at work. So um, I, I want to talk to you about this and, and because I don't want you to try to overcome temptation without the Holy Spirit. Here's what Paul said in Galatians chapter 5. And we'll pick up in verse 16, and I love this because Paul's been talking about freedom in Christ, how to live free in Christ, and then the, the title, if, uh, at least in my Bible, of this little section here is living by the Spirit's power. Living by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Here's how you do it. He said, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Everybody say that word with me, guide. If you want to live by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you have to let him guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves, for the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us, the desi gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your own good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. And when you, let's just stop right there. We'll get further in here. Let, let me go back for a moment. The first thing I want you to know is this. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in our life. If you want the power of the Holy Spirit, you have to let him lead. It is not the Holy Spirit's job to sit behind you 
let you decide anything you want to do in your life and then just bless it. No, the way we live in the power of the Holy Spirit is we let Him lead and we follow. No, I gotta be, I gotta be honest with you, this is a problem for me. This is a place that I struggle because I like being in control. I like being in control of myself. I like being in, in control of my world. I like being in control of my time. I like being in control of my money. Uh, even when I, make, when I have problems and I make mistakes, it's rarely for me about what someone else did because I feel like if I make a mistake and I blame it on you, I'm giving over control of my life to you. So I take the blame myself. This, this is the way I function. I don't like giving up control. And so all of a sudden, now Paul is writing and saying, if you want the power of the Holy Spirit, you got to let him guide you. you got to let him lead you. you got to let him control where you're going and what you're doing. Man, this is, this is a struggle. I've been on lots of tours, um, to museums. We went to Israel. We had a tour, a tour guide all week long. I've been to lots of places that have tour guides. And, and I like it for a while because if they're moving fast-paced and, and they're keeping it interesting and they're seeing the exhibits that I want to see, I'm all good. But the moment they slow down and they get boring and, or they go a place that I don't want to go, my knees start hurting, feet start hurting, my back starts hurting. I get hungry. I'm distracted. I'm hanging out in the back trying to find somebody else to talk to. The guy's up there giving us his life and his spiel, and I'm just back here just like chatting it up with whoever. This happened to us. Lindsay and I were in Washington, D.C. this past year. Had a great trip to D.C. We went on a tour, and the guy's just doing a great job, and he's a, he's a really high-level tour guide. He's well sought after. But, man, he just lost me. And I'll be honest with you, one of the reasons he lost me is because here we are in full suits in the middle of the U.S. Capitol, in the Rotundum, and we're talking about all the paintings that are around, and you're seeing where Jesus is on all these paintings. It's a wonderful deal, but I've seen it like seven times. And then the man kicks off his shoes, and he's in his church socks, and he's walking around the Capitol in his socks. I couldn't take it. I tapped out. I tapped out. I went to the other side of the Rotundum, and I sat down. Now it's fine. I've been on that tour a number of times. It's wonderful. You haven't gone. I want to take you. I'm going to try to stay focused if you come with me. <laughs> but here's the point. When the tour God of my life, the Holy Spirit, starts taking me places I don't want to go, now the question is, am I going to tap out? Or am I going to keep following the Holy Spirit in my life? Oh, it's a... It's just a tour. You're just seeing a museum, Randy. You can go see it again anytime. You can go back the next day. You, you've gotten distracted. You're tired. You're weary and all these things. That's fine. But when it matters to your life, when you're making decisions in your life, when you're making decisions in your, in your family that are going to direct your future, man, don't stop following the guidance of the Holy Spirit just because you don't like it. The fact of the matter is the Holy Spirit knows things I don't know. He understands things I don't understand. When he's leading me somewhere, it's probably not because I know what's best. It's most likely because he knows there's something around the corner 
that I either need to see or not see, experience or not experience, the question is, will I let the Holy Spirit be my guide when he starts taking me places I don't want to go? See, here's what happens. We're in church on Sunday morning. We want the Holy Spirit to be our guide. We want to be filled with the power of God. We want to see miracles. We want to see all these wonderful things. God touched my life. But then when we leave here, we don't want him to be the guide anymore. We just want the power. We just want the blessings. We just want the gifts. But they come alongside him being the guide. You hear, see, here's the beautiful thing. When you have the right guide, the guide we had on this tour to, to the capital, Here's the beautiful part of it is that we didn't have to stick with where everybody else was going. This guide can take you into secret rooms that no one else can go. He can go around the crowd. He, you may look like you're taking a detour, but when you come out way ahead and you're not having to wait in a, a line a mile long, you're grateful that you had the right guide. And that's what the Holy Spirit can do in your life if you'll trust him and if you'll follow him. He, he will end up helping you. It is to your advantage even when it doesn't look like it. In fact, may I say, especially when it doesn't look like it. Again, put yourself in the life of the disciples. It did not look like what Jesus was saying was going to make sense. But especially when it didn't make sense, follow the Holy Spirit. Follow the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. You know, the... Um, This, this spirit and my flesh, my desires, they're, they're opposing forces. I love what Paul says here. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. They're constantly fighting. They are opposing forces. Your sinful desires, your sinful nature does not coexist with the will of God. We have to move it out of the way. We have to move our desires out of the way. We have to move our flesh out of the way. It is, it is, it is their opposing forces always at odds with each other. And, and the, tra the trap is that we say, well, I'm going to let God win in this area, but I'm going to hold on to this area. You're limiting God in your life. You're limiting what God can do in your life. Give it all to him. These things, they're opposing. They're fighting it against each other. And your desires are trying to be your guide. The enemy is trying to be your guide. Your flesh is trying to be your guide. But then the Holy Spirit is trying to be your guide. <laughs> My wife sent me this picture yesterday. And, and she feels like it was the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to let you be the judge. I'm going to put it before you. Because I don't think it was the Holy Spirit. So she goes to leave the house yesterday, and Siri pops up instructions on her phone in where she should go. And this is the picture. This is what she texts me. This is a screenshot of her phone. You got my picture, guys? I know. I'm off my notes. You do have it. You don't have it. You don't have it. Okay. I'm going to read it to you. I'm just going to put this before you. I'm going to let the people of God be the judge. So she, sends, she, she gets in her car. Somehow, Siri knows that she's leaving. And Siri brings up maps with a little notification and says, four minutes to Marshall's. Take Harvest Corner Drive. Traffic is light.
Siri is not the Holy Spirit. And I don't even care if when you got to Marshall's, you found a deal. Siri is still not the Holy Spirit. Marshall's always has a deal. And here's, here's the problem. The, the, the desires in our life, they pop up in front of us and they pull us away. And they can look so good, we can think this must be God. I'm kidding with my wife. But here's the, here's the truth. The desires are always popping up. What? I don't know how Siri is listening to me, but she hears what I'm saying, and she will pop things up. I'm, there it is. See, I didn't make it up. Four minutes to Marshall's. Take Harvest Corner Drive. Traffic is light. What does that mean? It's four minutes. It's going to be really easy. You're going to love it when you get there. Does that not sound like the devil? Don't worry about it. It's going to take you four minutes. It's going to be very easy. Traffic is light. Siri, Siri is not God. Siri is not the Holy Spirit. But the enemy is sneaky, man. He is scheming. And he'll drop stuff in front of you. He'll put in and he'll convince you that it's going to be easy, that it's going to be simple, that it's not going to be a problem, that you can handle it, that you're strong enough. Yeah, you can go to that event. You can go to that restaurant. You can go to that place. You can go hang out with those people, and you're strong enough to do it, to, to overcome it. Listen, don't trust the voice of the sinful nature in your own life. Don't trust it. Don't trust it. But Pastor Randy, you mean I'm don't, I shouldn't trust myself? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. Who you should trust is the Holy Spirit. Who you should trust is the, is the Holy Spirit that says, don't go to Marshall's. <laughs> don't be led by your desires, but be led by the Holy Spirit. There's this war going on. So the question is, are you winning the war? This is, this is like, I want to know. And thankfully, Paul gives us some answers. He says, what you've got to do is you've got to check the scoreboard. Check the scoreboard. If you've been saved a long time, he'll say, you might say it like this, check your fruit. Right? I, grew up, I grew up in church. Check your fruit. Here's what he says. Are you ready? Verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results, the scoreboard, the fruit are very clear. Now, I know I'm about to step on some toes right now because we're not supposed to talk about sin in church anymore. <laughs> but I'm just going to read the scripture and you check the scoreboard in your own life. How about that? Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, Wait a minute, that's in the list? You mean I can't be hostile with the people around me, fighting with everybody I see? I don't know. I'm reading the list. You do, that. you do with it what you will. Quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger. I'm just going to let that sink for a second. Just. I always, like, I always like to do this and then see who's looking around. All right? Because there's two types of people when they're getting convicted by the Word of God. One person looks straight at, straight at the screen and never moves. I'm, I kid you not. Like, like the one person, like as soon as I say it, they're like, ah. <laughs> and, and the next person's looking around like, <laughs> Selfish ambition. 
Remember I talked to you about a while ago, a minute ago, about how pastors can be pulled away for things that seemingly are, are good? Am- ambition is not innately bad, but when it becomes selfish ambition, it's a problem. Dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. <laughs> if you're watching online right now, And you're not here today because you had a wild party last night. (laughs) And some of you right now, you're like, whew, I didn't make the list. Thank goodness. But Paul says, I got you covered too. I got the little box at the bottom that says other. Look right here. Other sins like these. So just because you didn't make this top list right here, there's the other box, and, and Paul is saying, look, check your heart. If, 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 the, if the results and the scoreboard of your life is pulling you away from God just because it isn't on this list, remember, Paul's writing these words from prison, man. It's hard to write all these words. He didn't want to make a list 50 miles long because there are so many things that can pull you away from God. So he just says, other with a blank line beside it, and you can fill your own in. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. <laughs> these words right here. <laughs> these words are extremely controversial in the American church. But I'm just going to read them to you, and you do with them what you will. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. What does he mean here? He doesn't mean that if you ever fall, you're out. What he means is, if you check the scoreboard of your life, and these are the things that are winning, then you've created a lifestyle that is far from the heart of God. And you're not letting the Spirit lead. And Jesus hasn't transformed your life, and he needs to. Now, he gives us the other side. Here's some good things to look for. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And I think, I think when we read this list, we ought to read it in the same way we read the sin list. That yes, these are the fruits of the Spirit that you learned about in Bible school. Over our mantle, there's a big long list of them right now, the, the, a piece of artwork that my wife keeps there, because we want the fruits of the Spirit to be evident in our life. And on the regular, when our kids are acting like kids, we point to one of them. Read the sign. <laughs> Read the sign and check your heart right now. Who's winning? But I mean, I, I think that this ought to be a part of our regular life. Lord, we're here today. Where I'm, I, I'm, I'm in the presence of God, and I'm asking you to check my heart. Check the scoreboard of my life. What, what is winning? It doesn't mean you never make a mistake. Look, I'd love to tell you that I've never had an outburst of anger. I would love to tell you that I always exhibited patience and kindness and self-control. But you heard about me in the Krispy Kremes. I don't. 
But when you add up the scoreboard of my life, look, you think about, I'm a big sports fan, as you know. Look, just because the other team scores one touchdown doesn't mean I've lost the game. All right? What does the scoreboard of your life say? What is the fruit of your life saying? My, may I, and, and here's the thing. You can have lots of these fruits of the Spirit, but the truth is mixed in can be some of these sins, some of these things that are sinful nature. And, and, and today, what I believe the Holy Spirit is doing is exposing them in our heart because God has this wonderful way. He has this, this beautiful way about him where the day you get saved, he doesn't expose all the areas of your life that he wants to work on. Because how many of you know, if on day one he laid it all out to you, you'd have been like, this is just too much. <laughs> like when you, remember when you came to Jesus and all the problems you had in your life and the struggles and all the sins, and if you came in on day one and the Lord just laid them all out in front of you, it's like, get rid of all of them right now. <laughs> too much, Jesus. I'm out. No, but Jesus has this wonderful way as we walk with him. There's fruit being born in our life, but you get to moments like today where he just exposes something to you. He says, hey, I want to work on this today. Hey, you've got, some, you've got some jealousy hiding in the back of your heart. You haven't been able to see it, but it's tempting you, and I want to work on it today. And if you're walking with the Holy Spirit, if he's your guide, it's, it's not this deal where every day I wake up and the Holy Spirit hits me over the head with a hammer. But every day if I'm listening to his voice, he's working on things. You know, I've conquered things in the last year that I don't have to fight anymore because the Holy Spirit helped me over the course of my day, over the course of my weeks, and over the course of my year. What is he working on in you right now? You say, Pastor Randall, I've got, I've got seven of those 12 lists of sins. <laughs> Start with one. Maybe two. And just, just start following the Holy Spirit in your life. And watch, because here's, here's the beauty of the Holy Spirit in your life. When you start defeating the enemy in one area of your life, you get all pumped up. You think you can take on hell with a water pistol, and I'm good with it. And it makes you want to turn to the other one. So you, so you get rid of the, the envy, and all of a sudden, you turn to the dissension. And you say, I'm coming after you next. Me and the Holy Spirit are hot on your tail. We're getting you out of our life. And that's the way God wants to work with you. He wants to build in you and through you and keep on working day after day. And that's why it's so important for those of us that have been saved for so many years and even those of us that are in leadership and ministry and, and we're leading and teaching others to never think we're, we're done with the process. No, it's always, God, what's hiding in there? What's hiding in the back of my heart that I didn't know about? And the Holy Spirit will unveil it to you, reveal it to you, so that he can get it out of your life. This is how the Holy Spirit works. Have you checked the scoreboard of your life to see who is winning the war? Here's a truth for you. What you feed grows. And what you starve dies. So my goal is to feed the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to feed my relationship with the Holy Spirit, and I want to starve out my relationship with my sinful nature. I'm starving it out because I don't, I don't want my sinful nature to lead. I don't want the lust of my flesh to lead. I don't want the lust of my eyes to lead. I don't want temptation to lead in my life. So I'm starving that out, and I'm feeding my relationship with the Holy Spirit. So let me get very practical with you for just a moment. Because this is, this to me... Is, um, is where the rubber meets the road. How does the Holy Spirit help you overcome temptation? 
Can we talk about the power of God? You've heard me talk about it. You heard me talk about him being a helper. All of that is true. But I want to give you six ways really quickly, practical things that the Holy Spirit can do, will do, to help you and alert you when temptations are coming your way. Remember that uh, Paul said he'll always give you a way out. Here we go. Six ways. You want to know these? I hope you're writing these down. Take notes. Because many people say that the Holy Spirit's never tried to help you. He's never spoken to you. I, 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 I just disagree with that. I bet he's done at least one, if not more of these. You just didn't know it. Number one, he will utilize your own conscience. When God created you, he put things in your conscience, conscience that would keep you out of trouble. There are things that your conscience is telling you are wrong, and you know they're wrong, but you're doing them anyway. Step number one is what does your conscience tell you? Now, your conscience can't always be trusted because we're still fallen man, and we live in a world that is always trying to change the way we think, but this is the foundational level. If there's a temptation coming your way and your conscience says something to you about it, it might be the Holy Spirit. Number two, this is an old term. Uh, it's called a check. My, my dad would say to me, son, I was going to do it, but I have a check in my spirit about it. What is a check? A check is that little pause. It's, it's that little moment we say, wait, should I do this? It's just that little hesitation. And if you recognize it, it's not coming from you. It's coming from God. And he said, what you say, wait a minute. I'm not sure this is right. When that happens to you, it's called a check pause and ask God, what is he speaking to you right now? Number three is an interruption. This, this, is a, this seems like coincidence, but this is the Holy Spirit working in your life. Ladies, you were just about to buy that dress. You're, you're at Marshall's in the dressing room in the mirror and suddenly the phone rings and it's your husband come on now tell the truth the Holy Spirit is interrupting what you're doing right there men men you were just about to click on that website and your kid walked in the room Why that moment? Why did your kid choose that night to stay up late, to not be able to sleep? Because it had nothing to do with your kid. It had everything to do with the Holy Spirit interrupting the process of temptation in your life. Ladies, you, you were about to text that guy back, and instead, your boss walked into the room. It stopped you from texting someone who wasn't your husband. I'm just being real with you today. The Holy Spirit will use anything to interrupt you. Why? Because he's saying, I'm going to do everything I can to give you a way out. I promised I would give you a way out, so I'm going to use whatever it takes. A phone ringing, an alarm going off, someone walking in the room, a credit card getting declined. Whatever it takes, I will use an interruption in your life to say, wait, 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 wait. I'm backing away from this. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. 
Okay. N- number four. Number four. Uh, he'll speak to you with his voice. He'll just speak to you. Like, and I don't always mean the audible voice. I, I long to hear the audible voice of God. But I don't really want to hear the audible voice of God right before I sin. <laughs> you know, like, like I'm about to fall into the temptation and God booms out of the heaven and all of you are like, Pastor Randall, what are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to hear the audible voice of God. But here's the Holy Spirit. He's so wonderful. He'll just, he'll just speak into your ear. Your ear. He'll just call your name. He'll just say your name. He'll just say, probably wouldn't do that. Not a good idea. He'll just speak his words. And man, the Holy Spirit isn't ugly and he isn't mean, at least not, not normally. There's been a few times when he had to get straight with me. But I try to avoid that and I try to listen to him the first time when he says, Randy, this is, this is not a good idea. Yeah, but Holy Spirit, I want to. Randy, this is not a good idea. Listen for his voice. Number five, uh, physical signs. Physical signs. What do, you, what do you mean by that? I'm talking about things that might be happening in your body. All of a sudden, you get anxiety. All of a sudden, your stomach is, is hurting. You, you get, you're like sick at your stomach. You're like, uh. All, all of a sudden, uh, your nerves are just on the ragged edge. All of a sudden, suddenly you lose complete peace. You were doing good, and all of a sudden, now you have no peace, and you're, you're stressed out. Your, your heart starts racing, starts beating very quickly. Um, you say, well, man, that's just physical symptoms. No, no, I'm telling you, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That's the Holy Spirit trying to get your attention. You weren't listening to his voice. You weren't listening to your conscience. You weren't listening to the check. You weren't listening to his interruption. So what did he say? He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a hold of something that you can't not listen to, and I'm going to give you physical symptoms in your body so that you can recognize I'm trying to stop you right now. Think about it in your life. Has, the, has God ever used physical signs to get your attention. I promise you he has. I promise he has in my life. Number six, and this is the last one, he'll use scripture. He'll use scripture. My wife and I were having this conversation, and so, um, you know, we, we, uh, have been reading a lot of scripture. She's reading different things than I am, but we've been reading lots of scripture in the morning and just, and, and she said to me something that, that just struck a chord with me and it made, and it was like, absolutely. And, and she was t- talking about this truth of the Word of God, that this is what God does. When you start reading the Word of God in your life, it's a living Word. And here's what happens. You get into a situation later in the day, you may not remember the verse that you read that morning, but what the Holy Spirit will do will drop a, whatever Scripture is needed in that moment, He'll drop it in your spirit. So I didn't even read that today. Not the point. The Holy Spirit, when you start getting the word of God in you, it is living. It is alive. And he'll bring to the forefront whatever he needs because he hasn't forgotten his word. And so anything that's ever, you've ever heard it, you've ever read it, it's ever been put in the back of your mind, all the Holy Spirit has to do is move it to the forefront. And all of a sudden now, you're, you're trying to overcome a temptation and the right verse comes into your mind. Don't ignore what the Holy Spirit is doing through the power of the Word of God through Scripture in your life. This is how God works. Six ways. I hope these help you. I hope these help you because my goal in this series is to not just tell you overcome temptation because I think we're all trying to do that, but give you some real ways that you can do this every day. 
How do I live with the Holy Spirit? This is one of the ways. I'm always looking for these signs. Not just about temptation, but in everything that I do, I'm looking for the Holy Spirit to speak to me. Now, and, and, I, and I'm closing here. I've got one more verse, but I'm closing. And let's see if I can illustrate this to you just a little. A while back, God really began to speak to me about this and, and gain some understanding in my life. And the question he asked me was, Randon, how do you get the air out of a glass? Well, I, I don't know. Remember when you were a kid? And you, remember that? And you, you try to stick it to your mouth and see how long you could hold it. Right? I'm not going to do this glass, and if it shatters, that'd be embarrassing. But you can keep on trying to suck the air out of this glass, but how do you know at some point you can't hold your breath that long? You give out, and as soon as you let go, it fills right back up. And, and living your life trying to overcome temptation is exactly the same way. You're hanging on with all you have. But on your own, you can't do it. The only way to get rid of the air in this glass is to fill it with something else. You have to change what's in it. You, you, can't just, you, you can't just take the air out. You can't suck the air out. You have to fill it with, some, with the nectar of the gods. This is what God showed me. He said, Renan, if you want to get the air out of the glass, it's not about sucking the air up out of the glass. It's not about putting in some contraption that gets it out. It's simply about filling it with something better. And when you fill it with something better, the air has no choice but to leave out of the glass. So you just keep filling until eventually you get to the place of overflow and there's no air left in the glass. Now... Here's what Paul said when he, when he wrote to the, to the church at Ephesus in chapter 5, verse 18, 17 and 18. Here's, here's what he said to them. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't go through life trying to suck all the sin out of your life and get rid of it on your own. Don't act thoughtlessly. It will never work, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Here's what he says. Don't be drunk with wine. Because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. Now, I want you to take out, for, well, I want to give you an understanding about being drunk with wine here. This is, this is not a sermon on drinking alcohol or not. What this verse is talking about is don't be drunk because when you do, you're giving control over to something else. You're losing control and you're giving it over to something else. And so, so once you understand that, Take out drunk with wine and insert the blank that is anything in your life that is pulling you away from obedience to God. Anything. The principle here is don't let something else control you. Don't let something else fill your life. But instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instead of spending your life trying to hold on and do it your way, be filled with the Holy Spirit and fill yourself up with the goodness of God and His Spirit in your life. I don't want to be controlled by the things of this world. I don't want to be controlled even by my own flesh and my own desires. I don't trust me. What do I trust? I trust the Holy Spirit. So I fill my life 
with him. We go through life. And we have this way about us that as we walk around, we tend to spill a little. Some tends to fall out here. We go through a very trying situation and a little comes out. We have a problem at work. Our marriage takes a turn. The enemy attacks our health. And the temptation is to let our own desires and our own nature and our own flesh back in the glass. But these words of Paul, when he says be filled, the, the Greek tense there, it's something that in, if I could translate it to you through the tense means to be constantly filled. Because when you go through life, things are going to tip out. The fact of the matter is, you were never meant to keep it all in your glass. You were meant to spill the Holy Spirit all over your world, all over the people around you. So he says, be constantly filled. Just keep being filled and being filled and being filled and being filled. And when you're spilling it on your family, good. And when you're spilling it at work, good. And when you're spilling it on the, at the grocery store, good. Just keep being constantly filled. Because if, you, if you're not constantly filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be filled with something else. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Quentin, can you give me a tissue right there if you don't mind? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is where I want to close today. Thank you. Thank you. I know you're all just getting to know me. But however long God has you at Triumph, it's just, if it's just today or if it's the rest of our lives, I pray that you know one thing from me and that it is my heart's desire that first of all you give your life to Jesus and secondly you live full of the Holy Spirit there's no other way to live the other way here's what Paul said it'll ruin your life be filled with the Holy Spirit he said Pastor Renan I don't really understand all this stuff about the Holy Spirit I'll talk to you more about it. You'll hear me talking about the Holy Spirit all the time. But simply know that He's a person that wants to be a part of your life. He wants to guide you everywhere you want to go. He wants to help you. He wants to be with you. But He is a gift. He's a gift. All you have to do is receive. history of, of, of my family and the church we came from, receiving the Holy Spirit could be such a difficult thing. I, I remember my grandfather, who's gone to be with the Lord now, telling the story about how many nights he would go down to the altar in, in this brush arbor that they had built in the cotton plains of Mississippi. And he would lay over, they had laid a log down, two logs down 
that were the altar. And he would go there every day and he would cry out to God to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And people would pray over him and they would lay hands on them and they would shout and they were screaming and it was, it was, it was a lot of work. And he would say to me, Randon, the Holy Spirit shouldn't be that hard. Boy, I couldn't agree more. Papa, I couldn't agree more. The Holy Spirit's a free gift. If it's a gift, I shouldn't have to work for it nearly that hard. I just have to receive. I just got to receive the Holy Spirit. And so today I want to pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a simple gift. All you got to do is receive. So there's two types of people in the room today. One, you've never been filled. And two, you've been filled. But my encouragement today is be filled again. Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit pours out, fills all the people, baptizes them in the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 4, they've been living life. The Bible says they prayed. Holy Spirit stepped into the room and filled them all again. Doesn't matter where you are today. I want to be filled again. I want more of the Holy Spirit. There's never enough. Because you know what? When I leave here today, the world's going to knock something out of me. <laughs> Make sure you're still filling me, Holy Spirit. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask every person in the room to stand with me today, and we're going to end just slightly differently. And we'll open our altars in a few minutes. Um, when I received the Holy Spirit, I was nine years old. My mom laid hands on me, and we were in her bedroom, 2716 Nashville, Needleton, Texas. She laid hands on me at nine years old. The power of the Holy Spirit filled me, and um, it was an amazing moment. But, but here's the deal. Years ago, um, I was in my 20s. And God spoke to me and he said, Randon, I'm going to send you all over the world to preach. Well, as a, as a young guy, this sounds exciting. This sounds fun. But he said, I'm going to do it on one condition. You'll preach one message and you'll do exactly what I say. All right, Lord. He simply said, Randon, you're going to travel the world for a season. There's a window here where I need to do some things. I need to teach you some things. He said, you're going to travel the world, but you're going to preach on the Holy Spirit. And you're going you're gonna to pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you're not going you're, you're to lay hands on them. Oh, Lord, no one can receive the Holy Spirit without having hands laid on them. Go back and read Acts chapter 2. No one laid hands on them. Acts chapter 4. No one laid hands on them. Go through Scripture. It doesn't take all that work. I'm not knocking it. That's how I received the Holy Spirit. And sometimes having help, we see in Scripture where they had help, and we see where the Scripture where the Holy Spirit just went in. Here's what I believe today. The Holy Spirit's about to fill you right where you are. So my dad used to teach me, and you, you've probably heard him say this. He'd say, Randon, when we want to receive, we get in a receiving position. Here's what I want to ask you to do. I just want you to hold your hands out. It's a free gift. Free gift. Wherever you are today, maybe you've been full of the Holy Spirit for a long time. Maybe you're already on overflow. Good, take a little more. Or maybe you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Today's your day. Or maybe you once were, but you know you, you're, you're running on empty. We're going to worship for just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you, and the Holy Spirit's just going to fill you, just very simply. And there's people in this room that are going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're going to be filled with the power of God right here. I know it's a Sunday. We're not supposed to do this. Yes, we are. Receive the Holy Spirit. Father, right now, I thank you. you know, your son Jesus said, if every father wants to give good gifts, 
how much more so would our Heavenly Father give us the Holy Spirit? It's a free gift. Fill your people today, oh God. Holy Spirit, fill me right now. Fill us, let us receive. Lord, I pray that you would baptize your people in the Holy Spirit. Lord, it, it isn't about running the aisles. It isn't about this and that. It's just about receiving the person of the Holy Spirit. Fill us right now. From the front row to the back row, from the stage to the kids in the kids' ministry, right now, fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, we receive of you. I just want you to say these words with me. I receive you, Holy Spirit. Baptize me now. Fill me with your power. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I feel the Holy Spirit just moving right now. He's just, he's just, he's, he's filling me right now. Just receive the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just receive you right now, Holy Spirit. Just more and more and more. Lord, re remove the temptations from our life. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Remove the sin from our life. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Remove the anger and the frustration and the bitterness. And we just receive your Holy Spirit right now. Some of you have never spoken in a heavenly language, but right now the Holy Spirit's going to touch you. And if you'll just begin to speak out, you'll speak in a heavenly language. You don't have to scream it out, but he's going to flow through you. Some of you, some of you, God's beginning to begin to speak through in prophetic words about your life. He's going to give you words of knowledge about your life right now because these are the gifts that when the gift giver comes, he comes and brings you gifts. Some of you have been praying and needing wisdom. You don't need to come to these altars today because the words of wisdom that come from the Holy Spirit are entering into your heart right now. Just receive the Holy Spirit. Some of you have been struggling with your faith this morning, but right now you are receiving the gift of faith through the Holy Spirit. Just receive. Just receive, just receive. Some of you need a miracle today. You need a creative miracle in your life. You need God to work a miracle out in some situation. It's not about having someone lay hands on you right now. The Holy Spirit is touching your life, and he's going to work a miracle. Just begin to receive and believe and expect God to move. Some of you need healing in your life. Healing is coming right now through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's just worship for a moment and, and continue to receive. If God's speaking to you or dealing with you, just let him keep working.
place filled. We have this direct connection with you that you just keep filling and filling and filling and filling. God, we're asking of more of you, so fill us today. Lord, as we leave this place, continue to fill us. Lord, for some, we, we may come to this altar and ask for prayer today. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. We may come and kneel. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, as we walk and talk and encourage each other as we conclude this service, fill us with more of your Holy Spirit. Never let us go a day without the Holy Spirit in our lives. I thank you for it right now. I thank you for those that have received you for the first time. Lord, I pray that you would begin to give understanding that we wouldn't be caught up thinking that the Holy Spirit is something weird that we don't want, but we would know that He's our best friend. He's our helper. He's our guide. He's our comforter. He's the power to get through the day. He's the power to overcome the enemy. He's, he's more than enough. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for those that have been dry today. They were once filled, but they've been walking through their life. and It's not that they don't love you, Jesus. They've just been low. Holy Spirit, I thank you for filling them, for refreshing them today. Lord, for those that were already full, Lord, we ask of you, make our container bigger that we might hold more of your Holy Spirit. Give us a new glass because we want more of you today. I thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Clap your hands and rejoice in the Lord this morning. How many of you feel more of the Holy Spirit in your life today? Man, I, I just really felt the Holy Spirit fill me just a moment ago, and I thank you, Holy Spirit. Why don't we give the Holy Spirit a hand for coming in, and thank you. Thank you, my friend. Here's what I want to do. I want to ask our pastors and elders, prayer partners to come. And if you were filled maybe for the first time today, you received the Holy Spirit, I want to ask you to come and let us pray with you and maybe give you a little bit further instruction on what it means like to walk with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never spoken in a heavenly language before, but today might be your day. It's not hard. It's not complicated. It's not difficult. And it's not weird. It's a language between you and the Holy Spirit. It's a direct connection that he wants to give you today. Come, whatever you need in your life, let us pray with you. The Holy Spirit is here today and he wants to help you in your life. I'm going to bless you. Then we'll be dismissed. These altars will be open. Don't forget about our small groups. They're going great. I'm hearing incredible testimonies. It's not too late to sign up. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. And may he put his name, the name of Jesus Christ, on you. And you say, God bless you. I love you. These altars are open. Go and be filled with the Holy Spirit.